Merrily on high, it's the Game Central podcast. Ding dong, merrily on high, it's number forty-four. Oh, 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 o
guy. If you if you need some advice or anything, get hold of us. I don't know. But we wish him the best of luck, don't we? No cruelty going on there. But yeah, it's, it's the Christmas... It's, it's the Christmas... Gareth, some people can be so nasty. It's, it's not funny. It's just the way I got it broke to me was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's like that time he got his wallet nicked in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because someone's grasped him up because obviously he's been going on holiday and stuff a lot, hasn't he? <laughs> Maybe it's this podcast. Maybe they'll use this podcast as evidence. Yeah, <laughs> and will become he... world famous in the news. I hope so. I want to see him on the front of the Sun newspaper with his long arms. <laughs> <laughs> really sad. Okay. Benefit cheat has been going on holiday with your money. Oh, but maybe okay. we can get him on next week to explain himself. <laughs> maybe we'll get the exclusive interview. <laughs> yeah. OK Magazine offered him a quarter mil, but no, we got it. Oh, yes. Right, so that is the Game Central podcast uh, introduction this week. We're all feeling pretty fine. Uh, and so it's on to the news. Is it, is it, I'm just going just gonna to ask. Is it maybe a week early to do a Christmas special? No, no, the, every episode in December will just have sleigh bells. Oh, okay, that might, okay. Yeah. Like this morning, have you not watched this morning or have you been at work? No, I, I've been at work, I'm afraid. Yeah, because the this morning theme tune's the same theme tune, but it's just got sleigh bells going over it. And I thought, what a great, <laughs> great idea. This morning, what's the theme tune for this morning? Da da na 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 Quantum Break casts Lost Dominic Monaghan. Is that how you say it? It is. And X-Men's Sean Ashmore. So that's pretty exciting, isn't it? We absolutely love those people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's from Alan Wake developer Remedy Entertainment, and they've just uh, basically told us about it. Uh, (laughs) Most exciting news, is it? Have they just cast these people now? Because it seems a bit late in the day to be deciding who to voice. They're actually lead roles as well, Don. Yeah. Yeah. Because you might, they must have. Yeah, they've maybe they must have finished ninety plus percent of the game, and they're just asking them to lip sync, I guess, the characters for the for the CG. But yeah, they it just seems really weird. Yeah, it does. I always like when like a game gets big names in, though. Always makes me feel like games are more mainstream. Oh yeah, which is what we want, isn't it? And you know, these guys aren't exactly the most famous guys in the world but you know a guy from Lost and Lord of the Rings and a guy from X-Men yeah so mm. so I guess for people who don't know Dominic Murnahan is uh, was Charlie in Lost the little beardy one yeah and he was uh, was he Merry or Pippin he was Merry <laughs> he was Merry in Lord Wasn't of the Rings Merry got beat up also famously comes from my hometown he does well not famously wow. at all No, nothing's famous in my hometown and no. the other guy, um, Sean Ashmore, is Iceman in the X-Men films. Yeah. So now you know who they are, because you didn't know before. <laughs> you can you can, uh, you can sleep easy tonight. You can impress your friends when they go, what's his name? And you go, oh, he's that guy from Quantum Break. I just look on IMDB. Oh, I forgot it. And then, yeah. Right, so um, last week we were talking about games being... Not last Basically, week. not last week, the week before. Sorry, Gareth. Last <laughs> fortnight ago, we were talking about games that are being released in an obviously broken state. Um, 
the Master Chief Collection developers for Free Four, sorry, Free Four Free Studios. Industry has issued a heartfelt <laughs> apology about the game's launch issues. So an actual studio has come out now and said, "Look, guys, we're really sorry about what happened. You don't deserve it." Um, th- is it enough, though, Gareth? Not really, because I mean they didn't even fuck up something difficult. No, like Halo games have launched before with perfect multiplayer. Loads of other games, especially first-person shooters as well, like they're dime a dozen now. And it's like, it's not you made something difficult, it's what, like six versus six multiplayer? Like, how hard can that be? And you still fucked it up so badly. Yeah, to the, to point... the point where it's unplayable. <clears throat> yeah, literally, like, people are reporting that, like, <clears throat> they'll win a game by a big margin, then the result screen will just say draw, and yeah. then they won't get a win for it. Like... <laughs> How? How have they messed it up this badly? And is it still know. an ongoing issue? I believe so. I've not heard anything to the contrary. Yeah, they they released a patch for it last week, uh, which solved almost nothing. Right. Um, and then they, they, oh man, the amount of stuff that was broken though. They they then after that released another patch list of stuff they were fixing, and the list was fuck a mile long, and it included such ridiculous things like checking your medals. That you, the battles you've won would destabilize the entire game, uh, right. or if you if the if the controller just timed out and disconnected, that would also destabilize your entire game. It's like how, how is this basic stuff just so it was so much of it was broken? There was a whole massive list of stuff broken with it. It was insane. Yeah, do so you think Bungie will be looking at it and laughing? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. They're probably wondering what's happened to their yeah their brilliant franchise that they've had to give away. It's not like Bungie's own game started with no issues. Destiny was a bit of a mess at one point as well, for me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, that had a lot of creation mm-hmm. issues as well. Mostly, though, I think a lot of them were in the US because of the United States, the way they do their um, university campus um, security. With the grads, the internet, they wouldn't let anyone, <laughs> any information around, so no students in the US could play it, basically. There you go. And it, yep. But, yeah, that's the, uh, the pitfalls of modern gaming. It's all... A, Pile of ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gareth, um, have you been playing Super Smash Brothers recently? Yes. Have you ever thought to yourself, I could really do with playing as Mewtwo? Yeah, that's why I still have a Super Smash Brothers Melee for the GameCube, because you can play as Mewtwo in that. There you go, and you keep referring to the past games being better, but we'll go on to that in what has Gareth been playing. Yes, we um, will. <laughs> but offering one character, that, that seems a bit strange, doesn't it? Well, yeah, what's really strange about this is, remember how Nintendo, like, a week ago was saying, we're never going to charge you any money for DLC in Smash yeah. Bros. Yep. Like, the next day it came out that, apart from you 2 obviously, we got to charge you money for Mewtwo. Yeah. I mean, obviously you knew that was going to be the case. So, yeah, um, Mewtwo's going to be available to buy for your hard-earned, probably like five quid. Yeah. <laughs> that is a little Will there bit be any other characters, or? Nope. That's, That's just it. really strange. There are no other plans regarding paid add-on content at this stage, Nintendo have said, which you could assume means uh, only free stuff from now on, <laughs> but then if you assume that last week, you would have been wrong. You would have assumed wrong. So I'm going to go ahead and say there'll be more paid add-on content to come in the future that they've not decided yet. That would be yeah. my guess. Well, um, talking of upgrades... Which we weren't anyway, but I'm just using that as a, <laughs> a segue. Uh, Dark Souls 2 is coming to the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One once again. Now, 
you know, I've heard that it's a great game and people love it. But if you love it, are you going to invest those hundred or so hours again? It's not like Sleeping Dogs or Tomb Raider that you can just bash through and have a good time. And go, oh, remember this, this is great. And it also looks brilliant in this uh, upscale. Um, it's not the sort of game you can do that with. You have to invest heavily in it. And I'm not sure that fans would want to do that again, would they, Don? No, I think you're right. I, I think what they're trying to do with this stuff is aim this stuff at people who didn't bother buying it on the last gen. Because mm. um, I see a lot of people who are you know, planning to upgrade or had already upgraded when some of these games came out for the 360 and the PS3. So I guess they're just trying to pick up the people who jumped ship before yeah. um, before they just consign them to the, uh, the bin of history. But you're right, and there's you know some of these games are okay to kind of revamp a little bit and put you know do a mm. second time you know shorter games like you say like Last of Us and uh, and uh, other games that I can't think of right now. Yes, but, because uh, I mean even if I, even as much as I love Skyrim, if I were yeah. to bring out like a sort of HD well not HD but a remastered version on Xbox One, yeah, I still think that I'd really have second thoughts about kind of going into it again because you just know how much time you invested in it in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And you think, am I really going to do all those hundreds of hours just to get to the point and the power level that I was before? Yeah. Yeah, and but uh, you know, it's the same story where they're, they're trying to please a lot of people but also for the smallest amount of money. They don't need to do much more development. They just need to do the patching to get it to work on the new systems uh, and then uh, chuck in the, uh, the, uh, the HD... Uh, textures for it all. Um, so, yeah, it is slightly money for old rope. But all, all the DLC as well, like, this is a good, it's a good package for a good it, game. Yeah, if you don't have it before, if you didn't get it on the on the previous gen, then, yeah, they're, they're, they're worth getting. Like you say, you're getting everything with it. Um, they're all fully loaded. But, um, yeah, and you, and there's not much else. I think that's the other problem is with this generation, there's not a million games. I mean, well, I'll say that. This last month we've had big games like Far Cry 4 and GTA yeah. 5 and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, they are still filling up a gap where, you know, there hasn't been that many games really for the new systems as there has in previous years. I just wish they'd stop charging full price for them. That is a very good point. Mm. Like Sleeping Dogs. I wouldn't <laughs> mind if that was like 15 to 20 pounds, but it's not. So it's still 40 quid. I'll give yeah. it a few weeks. And you can get it on 360 for 5 pounds. So it just seems totally strange. Right, Gareth, a new story that's particularly close to your heart. Um, Super Smash Bros. stock shortages report in the UK. It's not just stock shortages, though, is it? No, the uh, the GameCube adapter, which Nintendo made a pretty big deal about for the past year or so of advertising the game. It turns out they only made like probably a handful of them. Mm. So you just couldn't get your hand on one on launch day at all. And I know because... I was one of those people trying to get my hand on one on launch day, unsuccessfully in every way. Uh, I had a friend in the next town over also looking Games. in all the, yep, yeah, in yeah. all the uh, <laughs> game shops and technology shops. You know, HMV, even CEX, yeah. just to see if anyone had traded one in day one. And nope, nothing was going. Uh, it got to like sort of late afternoon, and we had a look on Amazon, and by then the prices of them had already gone up to like forty quid. Ridiculous. When it's supposed to sell for like fifteen, maybe twenty mm. at the most. And you bought this you bought the console and the game specifically for the purpose of playing it, right? Yeah, I, I bought a Wii U, um, specifically to play the new Smash Bros. Um 
And part of the appeal of it was to play with GameCube controllers. You know, when you buy a new console, especially like me, you don't get a lot of money. One of the yeah. worrying things is like, right, so I'll get this console, then I obviously have to buy like another controller, and that starts to add up. And then obviously with Smash Bros, you ideally you want three extra controllers, which would be a huge amount of money. But with the GameCube adapter, just this little £15 thing, and I already yeah. have all the controllers I'll ever need. So it's like, day one, I can be playing four-player with all my friends on this new game. It sounded, in theory, like magic. Like, boom. Yeah. Incredible, exactly what you want. But then in practice, um, it ended up with me and my friends sat around my Wii U. Uh, I was using the big tablet controller. One of my friends was using the classic controller for the Wii, which is like a tiny little thing that barely fits in your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And another friend was using a Wiimote and Nunchuck, which is (laughs) terrific. I can imagine. It's not the way you want to play a fighting game at all, so... So four people playing it compromised. Hugely compromised. And it's not even like we were an isolated incident. Like, it was rare if you got a version with the adapter. like. Mm. And what's crazy about it is Nintendo just like a few days before the game came out put out a little thing saying we're not going to make any more of them before Christmas. Wow. Like, it, it, it's like either they did it on purpose, you know, they didn't make as many knowing if people wanted to play with their friends they'd have to buy more pro controllers which is more money in their pocket. Yeah. Which makes them douchebags. Or... They just didn't realise people were going to want to use GameCube controllers, so they barely made any yeah. of these adapters. In which case, they're idiots. So it's kind of lose-lose for Nintendo they're on this. They're either bastards or idiots. Exactly. <laughs> well, and maybe it... Guy could have known, because he talks to Shigeru Miyamoto, doesn't he? It's true. That's why we, we need him on the podcast. Sec- we don't have that section anymore. Well, we, when he's out, out on bail, we can get him on the podcast. <laughs> we sure can. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just... Oh. It's so frustrating. I can imagine. Nintendo have just handled it so badly. Like, for months, every time you saw a picture of Smash Bros. anywhere, there was a GameCube controller right there in the picture. Because, mm. obviously, they're selling custom GameCube controllers with, like, the Smash Bros. logo on. They've started remaking yeah. GameCube controllers in Japan. Well, like, well, the thing is, it's, it's like getting excited because you've got Far Cry 4, getting home, and then realising you're going to have to play it with your steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you yeah. know, I, I can play it with this steering wheel, but then on the <laughs> other hand, fuck you. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's no reason to be happy about any of this. And Gareth, well, I can tell you're not happy with it. I'm, I am pretty angry at Nintendo. Right. I feel, feel misled. I bought a Wii U specifically for this. From Bright House, and their interest rates are disgusting. You're going to end up paying about five and a half grand for it in the end. Well, I, I didn't get through them, but I see what you're saying. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and I feel I feel lied to, and a bit cheated. Mm. Um, and it's very unfortunate. It's very unlike Nintendo to sort of mistreat their fans, especially fans who are so hardcore. Yeah, they'll buy Smash Bros because that's. A very hardcore game, like well, it's supposed to be, you know, it's not supposed to be like three-year-old kid, mummy, buy me that game. Mm. You know, that's supposed to be the game with Mario on the front in a cat suit, just like, way. Well, yeah. <clears throat> you know, Gareth, you can soon probably, 
be playing Game Boy games on your mobile phone whilst waiting for the adapter to turn up. Well, that is... Uh, that is the future right there. That's a comfort, is what that is. Yeah. Uh, are there any <laughs> ga- games on the Game Boy that you'd want to play on your phone, though? Uh, Pokemon Red and Blue? Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> well, it's the only... I guess it's the only, like, proper Game Boy game, right? The rest are just play until you get a high score, then start again. Yeah. So it's the only kind of one with substance that I can think of. Yeah, do we take do we take any interest from it though? Is there any is there any smoke without fire here? No, what you I mean think... like does it point towards bigger problems at Nintendo? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. What about you guys? No, I don't think, think that No, he doesn't. It's more likely them just covering their asses and realizing that people can start ripping off their games quite easily like because you can get Game Boy emulators on Android and stuff like that. Yeah, that sort of stuff's happening. And, and stuff like Flappy Bird that just ripped off the graphics from Super Mario. <laughs> um, and stuff, and they're yeah, probably just realising that actually someone could do like a great Gianna Sisters type thing and release what is essentially Super Mario Brothers, but, you know, with a slight tweak to the <laughs> to the colouring or something and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just, you know covering their asses, I guess, realising that mobile... They're just catching up, really. They should have done this years ago. But... Do we all have um, different mobile phones? Mine's, yes. mine's an Android. Mine's an Android. Right, okay. Maybe we don't have different phones, then. Well, Why are you asking, yeah. Gary? iOS gonna, sucks, so... I'm going to search Pokemon Blue on the Android App Store right now and see <clears> how many come I up. think you have to type in Game Boy Emulator. Well, I've gotten over 50, over 60. Go on, Gareth. Over 70. There's a lot of results if you search Pokemon Blue. Some of them have nothing to do with Pokemon. So it's probably good that Nintendo want to clean that up a bit. Yeah, I mean, they can now go on a suing rampage <laughs> across oh, yeah. the store and get all these games removed, just uh, touch the button. So I think that so far the top 20 have all been emulators. For Game Boy mm. games, so that's probably a, a bad sign. Yeah. <laughs> right, so um, <clears throat> I watched a video of the crew today on Twitch, and it looks like the most uninspiring racing game I've ever seen. Yeah, it looks like every racing game you've ever seen ever. Mm. A bit and, like uh, every other racing game of the recent past. But the developers, Ubisoft, have promised that there won't be any glitches and that it will uh, run very well. But um, Ubisoft can't really talk, can they, after the disgrace that was Assassin's Creed Unity. But I'm looking at it, and even this racing game has got the same layout as Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, where you have to go and sort of go past radio towers, and then it opens up different missions on the map. Yeah. It's just absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) I'm not... uh, People that buy the game, I look at them and just think, why... The driving looks like it's from Watch Dogs. <laughs> it does. Seriously, have you seen it, Gareth? <clears throat> yeah, it It doesn't look like the best game. No. But, like, even aside from that, the fact that Ubisoft would come out <clears throat> and have the balls to just say straight up, we're going to have a smooth launch. Won't be any problems <laughs> with the crew, yeah. guys. Don't worry about us. Like, yeah. dude... That's asking for so much backlash. It's like it's... it's like the elephant in the room. Like they just address it straight away. 
This one will work, we promise. Please buy it. <laughs> but if it doesn't, oh, that'll yeah. be glorious. I cannot wait for when it's broken. Will you bask in the glory? <laughs> I'll bask like a basking shark. I don't think basking no. sharks actually bask. What? Because they can't go up onto the beach and bask. They can, they just can only do it once. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> bask themselves to death. <laughs> Gareth, Steam, a broadcasting broadcasting enters beta. Is this like Twitch? Yep, it's like self-broadcasting through Steam. Uh, mm. Evolve aren't like in an industry. They put themselves in it, whether you like it or not. They want their finger in every pie. Uh, so now you can, well, not now, but soon no. you'll be able to broadcast and watch people streaming things through Steam. Fantastic. Um, limited edition PlayStation 1 style, PlayStation 4. So it's basically just a grey PlayStation 4. That's, yep. that's exactly what it is. Fantastic. <laughs> so you can do that to your own console, Gareth. Don, you don't need to worry about it. I'll just get some uh, spray paint. And uh, some nail polish and colouring all the, the X. Oh, the yeah, she's got a girlfriend now, haven't you? And I bet she has nail polish laying around. I do, she does have, because she's a girl. She has yeah. nail polish, all that makeup y stuff. All that makeup yep. stuff. I'll colour uh, it all in, Don, all the proper colours. Yes, Rob. Where would you like the new, next Assassin's Creed to be set? Oh, pff, oh. Benidorm? No. Nope. <laughs> Benidorm would be lovely, that'd be quite nice. <laughs> Fantastic, but the next one's actually going to be set in London. And oh. it shows just how quickly they start, because even though it's target render, it looks almost as if it's already... It just, it's so cut and paste, isn't it? You can almost tell how it's developed, in that they probably just drag and drop buildings, drop it in, oh, we've got it now. Yeah, they've basically... They, years ago, they created basically a level editor, and just that's all they yeah, just it's just drag and drop here's the buildings you know mm. they can they can edit the buildings really quickly add new textures to make them look like they're from a different period in time um and dash this crap out once every fucking year with it's minimal effort stop, or work honestly. it's a it's just bullshit isn't it it's got to stop here's this game it doesn't work never mind there's a new one coming next year it's not even that though it's yeah. like assassin's creed one and two were quite interesting because of the whole animus and kind of looking into that but it seems that they don't even know what they're doing with it now (laughs) and they're just they're making it and they don't believe that people are still buying it (laughs) and people are buying it not believing that they're still making it so it's kind of like a vicious cycle of no one actually wants to play it and they probably don't actually want to make it but it just keeps supporting itself through this vicious cycle and i mean i have i'm someone that likes to play most games as they come out but I've not even had the desire to buy Unity at all. No. I don't blame you. But can I just say, this is very similar to an idea I had a couple of years ago. <laughs> so when there was uh, all like, you know, we're doing Assassin's Creed 3 and everyone's like, oh, where's it going to be set? What's the next Assassin's Creed game going to be? I thought it would be cool if they made it in London. Yeah. Like 19th century London, like this is going to be. And if your main character was called Jack, right? Yeah. And you go around murdering all the people throughout the game, da da da. And then at the end of the game, you find out that you've been playing as Jack the Ripper the whole time. That Jack the go. Ripper was actually an uh, assassin who got his nickname the Ripper from all the assassinations he did. And I oh, thought possibly. that would be well cool. Even though that I hated Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Would there be a mini game of you removing prostitutes' breasts and genitalia? 
using this thin blade. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'd like that. Oh, God. No, but on a serious note, uh, it's still going to feel like Assassin's Creed. It doesn't matter where you go, it still feels like the same game. It does. Right, you didn't have to roll yourself away from your PC to I did. I did. Well, thank you, but it made more noise. <laughs> Sorry. Considering that you had to roll along the floor. Uh... Unless you're on one of those things that mechanics use when they lay down and go underneath the car. I'm on a bed. So how does your bed move? Which, if I roll about on it, then the spring's like all... Oh, that doesn't sound like a comfortable bed, does it, Don? <laughs> that, that's... That's... I don't know what that is. It sounds really terrible. It's a bed! No, that's not a bed. This is... What's this the sound beds, mate? No, it's not. I don't know where you've been sleeping, but that's not the sound of bed, mate. No, I don't know what's in your mattress. It sounds like <laughs> marbles and egg cups. If <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Right. Grand Theft Auto Five has been removed from Target stores in Australia because they've just realised it depicts violence against women. But does it? I don't remember it. I mean, you can shoot one in the face at point-blank range when you're walking around the streets. Yeah, that's true of many a game, though. Mm. But does it... Is it openly violent against women? I think there's a woman in that game. Yeah, but there's no <laughs> real hatred towards women. No, I mean, there's a very visceral, very aggressive torture scene in that game that I would think would be more of an issue. Yeah. But obviously not, Gareth. Australians don't yeah. mind about that. Yeah, if, if it's men if, if it's men getting tortured and ripped to shreds, it's fine. Mm. But, but there's, no women, there's no women getting ripped to shreds or tortured. <laughs> no. Oh. But, you know. Mm. Although women aren't portrayed particularly well in that game. No, but they're still not beaten up. No. What's that guy? Um, not Trevor, not Franklin. Michael. Michael. His daughter, like, going on America's Got Talent or whatever, dressed as a slutty schoolgirl. Yeah. Not a great depiction of a woman. No. Yeah. His it's wife. Not, but we're talking specifically violence against women. Well, then, yeah. I, I don't see where they're coming from. No. At all. There we go. Well, that's the news this week. Not much news, news of worthy news, um, but there is news, and that's what we need when we're doing news. Uh, Don, have you got any kind of news? <laughs> uh, no, I don't really. Gareth, have you got Thanks any news? Asking. We could we could talk about some of the uh, little teaser trailers that have come out. Ooh. Oh God, lights, banter, action! <laughs> no, no, nobody listens to that show. So we have to. I do. We have to insert into this one. <laughs> so there was that um, Jurassic Park World Jurassic World is it called Jurassic, Jurassic World that trailer is, came yeah. out it did yeah do you like it Don no me either alright Ross <laughs> um, uh, is it a continuation for, is it canon <laughs> yeah. yes it follows on from the wildly successful third Jurassic Park film you just would have thought that people would have learnt by now <laughs> to not do it, <laughs> and yeah, it is the exact same story as as before. Yeah, yeah. Oh look, is... it's it's perfectly safe. Oh look, it's not perfectly safe. We're all going to get yeah. eaten by dinosaurs. <laughs> the problem is, I can already see the entire film in my head. 
Yeah. Like, there'll be a point where they fall in the lake, and then you see up from the bottom of the lake the big thing swimming around, and you're like, oh, they have to swim to the boat. Hurry, quick, before the big thing gets you. Yeah. It's, you know, they'll have that scene, and they'll have, they're being chased by the big dinosaur, but something distracted. Maybe a T-Rex. And then they the T-Rex and the big dinosaur fight. Oh! Yeah. You know. I'll, I'll bet you 20 quid right now that they get whatever the big dinosaur is that's some genetic hybrid that's trying to kill everyone, eventually gets killed by the big dinosaur in the lake. You reckon? Maybe. That's how they're going to kill it. It'll, they'll drop it in the lake somehow and it'll get killed by the big dinosaur in the lake and then they'll all fly off on a helicopter again. That'd yeah. be, be alright. That's how it'll finish. It's more exciting than I thought it I've would just written the film. There you go. <sighs> <laughs> Money, that's, please. That's Jurassic Park over with. Um, oh, sorry, Jurassic World. There was, uh, obviously... The 88 second Star Wars trailer, dun, dun, dun. which was Would awesome. You loved, didn't you, Gareth? It was so good. <laughs> right from the start, it's like, boom. Even though you're a racist, you still like I'm it. not racist. <laughs> no, Gareth, what was the first thing you said to us? You said, oh, I didn't like the beginning. No, you said, I bet you don't like the beginning, Gareth. <laughs> that was what you said. But no, I thought the beginning was amazing. Because, yeah. you know, personally, I've been kind of thinking about what a seventh Star Wars film would be like since about the age of four. <laughs> so. How I'm, often do you think that since the age of four? Probably too often. Just, it's yeah. always, it's always kind of running in the back of my mind since the age of four. You wow. know, like a background process on a PC. You sort Have of you read the, the books that follow on that continue the story, though? Well, they're not, they're not canon anymore. The expanded oh. universe stuff isn't canon anymore. Uh, but like yeah. the the thing is, in all the years of imagining what would happen in a next Star Wars film, not once did I Im- imagine like the good guys dressed up as a stormtrooper, or like <laughs> the Empire is still sort of about in a pretty big way by the looks of this trailer. So it's like straight away I'm like, boom! Well, you've outdone my brain. It's been working <laughs> on this for the past twenty years of my life. So straight away I'm excited. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas the whole Jurassic Park thing, you're like straight away. Okay, I know pretty much exactly what's going to happen in this film. Yeah. Star Wars straight away. I'm like, well, you've taken me off guard in the first four seconds, so I'm interested immediately, and it looks so good. Yeah. X wings on water. That looks cool. <sighs> the lightsaber with the fucking handles that are made of lightsaber. <laughs> made of lightsaber. <laughs> so good. Oh, well, lightsabers so are dangerous in general, so I don't think a little bit of hilt is going to make them much more dangerous than they already are. True, so, and I mean, you know, Luke gets his hand cut off. So it <laughs> yeah. makes sense that he would want to stop that from happening again in the future with a little stoppy bit. Yep. So it's, it's cool. I'll be interested to see where the, the original cast come back into it. Yes, and this, this was just a teaser trailer for the big trailer, which is due... Um, in a few days, it's like a week away or something like that, isn't it? Oh, really? Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's in a whole year away, the actual release of the film. Yeah. So I didn't realise they were going to do a massive property trailer. Yeah, this time next year, it'll be like a week until the new Star Wars film comes out. So you out. think the person in the cape is Luke Skywalker? No, well, it's, it's, it's a Sith, the person Skywalker. in the cape. You assume. <coughs> but it would make... But... Oh, God. <coughs> but it would make sense uh, that Luke Skywalker would sort of Make a new lightsaber style that stops you getting your hand cut off. Yeah. He's going to get so many hands. It's true. He's been there. He's had his hand cut off. Yeah. And he might have turned to the dark side after after all the trauma 
snogging his own sister. That would yeah. be a twist. That would be a twist. Because I, I, I think that might, might have been one of the books that happened after the, the original trilogy. Luke tries to explore the dark side to learn more about the Force and ends up turning dark at one point. Um, so, dun dun dun. What I'm surprised about, though, mostly, is how quickly these films are getting turned around. I mean, yeah. this this is... They, they've only just finished shooting it and they didn't start finishing shooting it that long ago, really. Hmm. Start finishing shooting it? Didn't start <laughs> shooting it at all. It, it seems like a Almost few months back. Almost computer graphics, isn't it now? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like, I mean, they've literally got these scenes completed and ready to go and it's like, what the hell? It's so quick, the process they have now. It's fucking unreal. Yeah, like, I went to see um, the newest Hunger Games film yeah. with my girlfriend on Sunday and there was a trailer before that for the next Avengers film. Which is due out in like four months. Yeah, that's come around so fucking quick. Mm. Oh, it's so good. I'm so excited <laughs> for everything. It's good to be Gareth at the moment. It is. It really is. Um, and then there was a trailer just come out today, <clears throat> so you might not have seen it for the next Terminator film. No, shut up, Gareth. It's a teaser. It's like ten seconds long. Oh. they say they're releasing the full trailer tomorrow. Jesus, <clears throat> but it starts off with the best thing you've ever seen, which is just a car driving towards the camera really fast. And the T-1000 in liquid metal form stuck to the front of it. Just, oh, it looks so good. Shut up. Does it look like Robert Patrick as well? Yeah, it Shut does, up. yeah. Does it? No way. Yeah, man. I'm actually interested in it's that. All, it's all you want. Because the thing you don't realise is nobody cares about Arnold Schwarzenegger, really. Nobody cares about Sarah Connor, <laughs> really. Nobody cares about Kyle Reese, really. And nobody cares about whatever a fucking son's name is who's the big guy what's his name John Connor. John Connor no one really cares about John Connor everyone just wants more T-1000 even if it's just a little bit more just give us a bit more and then this Teela trailer straight away he's just like I'm stuck on the front of this car and I'm Robert Patrick and you get three seconds of me to get excited and it's like <laughs> yeah oh, I don't I've just looked at it and I mean it's still Arnold Schwarzenegger I thought it'd be in a sort of cameo but it's not, is it? It seems that he's quite featured quite well, predominantly. In it. I didn't know he was in Terminator. it at all. <laughs> I know he's Terminator, but in he, he's too. How do they? How are they going to explain him aging? Well, he's always had a like an organic outer coating. It would make sense if that could age. <laughs> would it? <laughs> Uh, oh, let's not, get in, let's not get into that. Okay. <laughs> we'll get into it later on, but we're going to have to go on to our feature now, Gareth. Okay. Hello, everybody. This week's uh, music section with me, Gareth, uh, is a game that came out in 2010. It's a comic book and movie tie-in game, which wouldn't make you think it was going to be uh, much good. But the game is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World of the Game. It's a really cool game. It's um, it's almost like a Double Dragon style beat-em-up. Really fun. Um, with a soundtrack that like will blow you the fuck away. It's amazing. Um, it features a band called Anamanaguchi, which um, are a band that sort of, they use old Game Boys in their songs to sort of do the uh, the melodies um, and it works incredibly well like if you just look them up on YouTube any of their songs sound like the songs in this soundtrack and they all sound incredible all with that retro charm 
and the, yeah, they're just a really good band. And they did uh, the majority of the music for this soundtrack. Uh, so there's a good time between the band and the game. Um, and it really is a fantastic soundtrack, especially for those of you retro gamers out there. Um, so I'm going to play you four songs um, off the soundtrack. That sounds like quite a lot, but they're only like a minute and a bit each because they're designed to loop. But they're still really cool, really, really good hooks, like uh, really catchy. So, in order, the songs are The Scott Pilgrim Anthem, Skate or Live, Rocks 300, and finally, Bollywood. Enjoy!
So this week we have a, well, a Christmas themed feature, Gareth, and it is about our um, sort of experiences of, of games throughout Christmas. Um, obviously it's a time when we get our new consoles, we get new games, uh, unless we're sport like Don was as a child, and he was given all the latest gadgets straight away as soon as they came out in the shop. Some Soda stream. Soda stream straight away. Bang. But you broke it, didn't you? I did. What did you do to it? I blew into the gas canister <laughs> and it just it broke the mechanism and stopped it working. Well done, Don. <laughs> and then they just bought you another one, didn't they? <laughs> That's right. They just, endless soda stream machines at my house. They just kept yeah. on buying them. You could say it was a stream. Oh, <laughs> oh Christ. Thank you very much. Um, I would say <clears throat> one of my best Christmas memories was, I think it was Christmas 2001. Um, I didn't actually get the computer myself, but my friend phoned me and said that he'd got a PlayStation 2. I was incredibly jealous. Um, so I went over to his house straight away, I think it was Boxing Day, and he had it set up in his front room. And I remember the first game I saw was Pro Evolution Soccer. Um, and just seeing the graphical capabilities of it, I was absolutely stunned. And players like Zidane and stuff like that, they looked absolutely fantastic. And he was always a guy that got the new consoles. Um, but yeah, I remember being so impressed by it and so jealous at the same time. And the console itself looked so futuristic. Um, and you remember the PlayStation 2 when it came out and it had those kind of grooves on the front and it was just pure black with PS2 written on top. And the disc tray, that was futuristic. You press the button, ding, and it would come out. That would break a few times. <coughs> very cool looking console. I just, I, yeah, it, it did. It, it looked like very ominous and imposing. Um, yeah, it looked like it, f it had fallen off a spaceship, and it, it just felt so new. It felt because it was so it was like three hundred pounds as well, and it's of the price that you pay for technology at the time. I mean, I was in a uh, charity shop the other day and I saw uh, Pro Evolution soccer and it had um, a 44.99 game sticker on it and it's just like at some point someone's paid 45 pound for this game <laughs> and they're selling it for 50p and it just shows you that technology unfortunately gareth does fade yeah quicker okay. than you think as well quicker than you think um even the old ipods now they look totally like the first gen ones they look so old yeah, well, everyone's phone is basically an iPod now, so... Everyone's phone is basically an useless. Um, so, yeah, I think that was my earliest memory. Well, not my earliest memory, but one of my fondest Christmas memories. I've never really had friends, so um, I don't. we don't have family gatherings where we all play gaming. I'm, I'm of that generation where gaming wasn't a family thing. We didn't all get the stupid Wii out and start playing games. I remember last year, my mum got out the uh, Hasbro... Um, party game for the Wii. I didn't. I didn't want to join in because I was looking down on them as they were playing it. So, but yeah, I, I didn't really ever get games or consoles at Christmas time because I was like Tom, Tom, Tim, Timmy. <laughs> What's the guy's name in, uh, in the Christmas Carol? Um, Johnny Crockett. Timmy Crockett. Something like that. I'm like. Tim Cratchit. Yeah. Well, Something like that. Tell us about you, Don, because you've had quite a few presents in your time. 
I've had more than three presents in my time. <laughs> yeah. Which some would consider to be a lot. The first uh, gaming one that I can de- remember was when I was about nine, I guess. So it would have been around 85, 86. Um, and uh, computers had just started kind of getting to the homes a lot more and more and more people were getting hold of them. And um, My parents brought me, uh, well, me and my brother and sister, we got to share the present. Um, which was, uh, yeah, to try and get three kids to share a computer. Um, they got, gave us a Dragon 32. What the hell um, is that? Dragon 32 was basically Wales's answer to the Commodore. Wow. Um, so, uh, yep, yeah, 32K of uh, memory for you. Tape loader um, machine made in Wales. Um, and uh, But it was pretty good. I mean, back in those days, there it was. you went and bought, obviously, games on tapes, and you'd go in there and you'd see the same game on loads of different formats, even back then. Um, uh, and So games like uh, Jet Set Willy, that was one of the first games played, Manic mm-hmm. Miner. Uh, Chucky Egg, those were those were the first games um, I ever played as on a home system, and they were brilliant. Loved it. We had an old black and white, like a little tiny, like I don't know. I guess it must have been like a ten-inch black and white telly, and it was one that you had to tune in with a dial, so you had to dial it in oh, to kind of find it. Oh, I my Mega Drive and stuff with the air. Yeah, and you had oh. to actually tune it in. Exactly. Man, that's why my mum gets all scared because <coughs> I bought my. Sorry, Don. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's Gareth. Sorry. It's Gareth. Uh, I bought, off, he's I got bought a cough. over my Xbox One today. Yeah. And uh, I plugged it in in the front room. Mom said, "Well, I hope you're going to put that back afterwards." Like thinking that I tuned out the actual free view. <laughs> I said, "Mom, it's just this HDMI cable." And she went, "Well, make sure you put it all back together the way it was after." And I was like, "Oh dear, you've got no idea." I said, "Look, it's literally just a HDMI cable. I just take it out of the free view box in the back of the Xbox One." And it's done. No tuning or business, love. Just because I remember I, when I was younger, I used to untune all of the terrestrial channels, like one, two, three, and four, and it would just be like <laughs> on the Mega Drive, which was upsetting for her. But brilliant. No, the old, I quite like the old tellies. It was like, I liked a bit of manual tinkering around. It helped people learn a bit about computers, stuff yeah. like that, and indeed televisions. Not like these days. Um, but yeah, that's probably my, the, the, that's my first Christmas gaming thing that ever happened, getting one of those. Um, and uh, probably the other best thing that happened was when me and my brother, we both got a copy of Perfect Dark for the N64 at Christmas. Yeah. Um, and so we just spent all Christmas Day sat in our parents' bedroom because they had the biggest telly that wasn't they wasn't being used to watch whatever was on Christmas telly. We yeah. plugged on Nintendo into their telly in their bedroom and just sat on their bed just playing um, multiplayer Perfect Dark just with slaps only. Just running around slapping each other and running away. It was the most hilarious thing I'd ever played in my entire life. Just running around and slapping the bots because the bots on there <laughs> were brilliant. Or they'd just run up to you. Quite often the, the bots would just run up to you, slap you once and just run off. They wouldn't try and fight you or anything. So you just... And your vision goes all blurry in that game when you get slapped and stuff. And it was just hilarious watching this happen because you didn't expect it and just suddenly going to attack a bot just slaps you and it fucks off. <laughs> Brilliant. Great noise as well. Oh, yeah. It was just so much fun just and just fucking around with the uh, all the modes on the multiplayer on that game to make it as mental as possible. It was just brilliant. Just loads and loads of fun. Every time you get slapped in Perfect Dark, your character goes like... <gasps> yeah. So let's have a gasp <laughs> every time <laughs> like they were just so shocked at getting slapped <laughs> just makes it even funnier yeah 
Oh dear. Oh, good times, good times. Gareth, what about your Wii U? Let's not talk about my Wii U. Let's talk oh, about yeah. happy <laughs> memories. <laughs> uh, my happiest Christmas memory to do with games was the year I got my N64. Woo! I was pretty excited about it. The only game I got with it was Lilac Wars. <clears throat> Um, the only game I got. Oh, look how ungrateful you are, Gareth. No, no, I'm just leading up to how happy a memory this was. And I just spent all the next three days playing Lilac Wars. And it was so good. Because, like, you know, if someone going from, like, the Mega Drive to the N64, like I did, that's a hell of a jump. Yeah. To go from, like, playing. I don't know, Streets of Rage, which is like everything's made of pixels, to all of a sudden, I am flying a spaceship, and I'm shooting down other spaceships with laser beams. It's just the best thing I could possibly have ever experienced at the age of like eight or nine. And I remember vividly, um, <coughs> after Christmas dinner at my nan's house, running back to our house, grabbing the N64, bringing it back to my nan's house, and playing it in her back room, on a tiny little telly, just because I couldn't wait to play more of it. And every time, because I was so bad at the game, every time I would get a little bit further and a little bit further before getting game over. And there was one level with the uh, Landmaster tank that I just couldn't get past. And then I got past it in my nan's back room, and I was Ugh. like, screw. Oh, I was like screaming, I was like, yeah, jumping up and down. The next level was fucking impossible for nine-year-old me, and I died like almost instantly. But instead of getting annoyed, it was just like, roll up my sleeves, like, okay, let's complete that Landmaster level again, get back to the next impossible level. It was just such a, a great feeling, just flying a spaceship, shooting things for the first time. And that was my first ever time in a 3D game as well, so that was that was the best thing. Yeah. And so, Don, you've you've actually asked some people on the uh, Facebook group of Game Central, haven't you? Yeah, we put a little question on there, yeah. asking people if uh, what their favourite Christmas gaming memories are, what their favourite games were they received, and uh, if there's any games they always play at Christmas. I'm sorry, Rob, what was that? You've had some sarcastic responses from quite a few comedians as well. <laughs> there's, oh, it's full of comedians, the, uh, <laughs> the Game Central lives... Um, <laughs> Page. They might as, as well just take it to Comedian Central. They should do. It's it's uh, it's gets funnier by the day. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I you can... do know you're the only one. I'm not actually a member of it. But <laughs> I know. I just blanked me. out my. I just yeah. Anyway, uh, we do. Yeah. Uh, so um, the first response was from Paul Mackey, and he has said, "What podcast?" <laughs> and, and and that comment has been liked by Daryl Selby. Oh, great guy. Uh, oh. Daryl make an equally um, inventive quip. He did indeed. He he then replied, "What's a podcast?" <laughs> and, and yeah, oh. <laughs> and I, Paul Mackey's response has also liked his comment as well. I yeah. can I can field this one for those guys. Uh, this is a podcast. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. Okay. Uh, next question. <laughs> what, what else did he say, Don? Uh, that that's literally it. Fantastic. No, that that. Look again. Check. Just check again. Shebo. Refresh. Let's let's check again. Oh, let me uh, re refresh things. Good God. It's going to be dozens of these. Dozens of entries now. It's going to be hundreds now. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just do a quick well, refresh, refresh there. 
And... Well, no, it, it seems to be exactly the same. Okay. But just uh, click it again. Yeah, if you could just crunch the numbers one more time. Yeah, I'll do yeah, that again. It is. Let me just uh, do a quick update. Because, I mean, you know, we went through all the trouble to ask the group. Surely yeah. we wouldn't just get sarcastic answers. That's... No, of course not. I mean, you know, people are, you know... They care, which is... That's why we do it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, and it's, it's still updating. It must be a lot of data to crunch. I think it's actually having a problem uploading all of that data. I think that's probably what it is. What oh, connection oh. have you got, Don? Oh, no, it's finished, and... Oh, no, it's exactly the same. Okay. Um, well, just just as a treat for listeners, could you just say those two comments again because they were very hilarious. They were so funny. Yeah. They were they were funny. Um, I don't think I let it sink in first time. So <laughs> if you can uh, do it, um, I just I, I can so I can prepare myself this time. Okay. The first one is you're ready. So you're strapped yep. in. Good and tight. Good. Yeah. What podcast? <laughs> oh, <Matthew. laughs> oh. <laughs> it is funny. Yeah, it's it funny is. because you think it wouldn't be, but then you, <coughs> you read it and you go, oh, actually. And and it's it's also Pause that the second one as well. It, it kind of reinforces the first. It's it's almost like they've set, you know, one is kind of queued up and the other one's gone. Hang on, I can make this even funnier. Yeah, it's kind of like all the best double acts that there's ever been. Combined exactly. One people. sets it up and you think that's a brilliant joke, but then yeah. the second one comes in and knocks it out of the park, and you weren't expecting it. Because, I mean, the first one, Paul Mackey says, what podcast is in... Yeah. I know what a podcast is. Um, I know what it is. I know I know what a podcast entails. But I don't know if I've ever heard of this. And he could mean that as in an insult, or he genuinely doesn't know what it means. Yeah, exactly. And Daryl, because he's got that kind of next-level humour, he's seen that, and he's thought, like... And he knows what a game, um, a podcast is. Uh, he openly dislikes us. So he's put. What, what did he put on? What's a podcast? What's a podcast? So yeah. it's kind of upstage Paul in some regards. Yeah. Um, in being um, a little bit, I wouldn't say funnier, but he's approached the joke from a different angle because he could have said also, "What podcast?" Or "Yeah, Paul's right. What podcast?" But he hasn't. He's done it in the sort of fact that he doesn't know what a podcast is to even begin to understand oh it's because they actually do know the podcast exists and they're just being they're just joking oh, about it now Gareth oh god okay that is honest. funny that is funny you have got to get up early if you want <laughs> Right, so Gareth, um, <clears throat> we had last week a break, um, we could call it a mid-season break, like the Walking Dead and stuff have, uh, but I'd be lying. Um, <laughs> so, Gareth, what have you been playing this week? This week? Well, let's talk about let's talk about the week before. <laughs> let's talk about that. Because we, we went here last week, so let's talk about the week before. So I completed Shadow of Mordor. Finally, uh, and fortunately, <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Sorry, oh, uh, Rob, have you just read the comments again? I haven't. Um, I just found a different layer to the joke. <laughs> oh. 
Oh man, you're yeah. going to think about this all night, you know. I am, I am. All night. Sorry, oh. sorry, Gareth. Yeah, so I unfortunately have to say the uh, the three worst words in the English Dictionary, which are... Rob was right. The ending of that game is a massive wet squib. Yeah. It, oh man, that game, it had me. I was enjoying it, I was getting into it, the combat was fun, levelling up was fun... All the little side quests, uh, like you want to do them because the leveling up is actually meaningful. You get new moves and new ways to kill guys, and it's all it's all layered on top of each other in a way where you just want to keep playing the game. You don't want to stop playing. Then all of a sudden, the end of the game happens, and it's like it turns around and slaps you. It's like ah, yeah. See, you thought this was a good game, but we had you, we had you fooled. Ah, take that, you twat. And then you're like, oh, game no. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, but it's totally strange because I, I think I was one of the first people to complete it. So there wasn't that much on the internet about it. And after I completed it, I kind of just sat there a bit shell-shocked. And I think we can talk about it now because it's been a while. No, um, we can't talk specifically. Why not? Well, it's... if no one wants a spoiler, they can move on a little bit. But no, for those... no I'm very conscious about spoilers. But Maybe need... we could do like a talk at the end. Okay. But not now. Not in the middle of what we've been playing. Okay, Gareth. Sorry for. Like sorry. It's alright. But yeah, you yeah, you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that the end of that game sort of left you feeling like uh, a bit of a mug, and that's how <laughs> I feel. And everything you did, <laughs> it almost feels that that kind of open world sandbox and the system was all they had. Yeah. So they built the story around it, and it's all well and good. But this kind of the ending, they didn't know where they wanted to go with it, and it was so rushed that it didn't really add anything or take it away. The game may as well have just finished as soon as you overtook the last sort of... You branded the last war chief. Yeah, it definitely... It, it does feel rushed. It feels like there's supposed to be an ending, and yeah. then it just got cut out and replaced with... Basically nothing, yeah. which is a huge shame. But I mean, you know, they're setting up for sequels and stuff. Whatever. It maybe it was a case of like they had the ending all in place, and then all of a sudden the game started getting a shitload of positive buzz from E3, and they said, "Fuck, we can make sequels." Yeah. People like this game, and then they just had to hastily like chop it up. Um, maybe that's a bit of a cynical view, but. That's the way we are as gamers now, isn't oh it? Oh my god, that was loud. Fucking Facebook just made a noise and it was well loud. Oh yes. <laughs> um, I have to stop that from doing that. Cause well, we'll talk about it at the end if we've got time. Yeah, we might that's do a little spoiler well bit at the end. But yeah, for now, completed Shadow of Mordor. Good game. I would say if you're seeing it in the sales or whatever for like 15 quid, boom, get it. But yeah. save that till after Christmas in the old Boxing Day sales. Um, I also completed Borderlands, the pre-sequel. That's Go a, on, it's a fun game. I had a lot of uh, a lot of fun completing that. It's obviously it's not the uh, the level of Borderlands two or the original, no. uh, but I like the story in the Borderlands universe, and this fleshes it out quite a bit. It makes Handsome Jack's character, um, whereas in two he's just straight up evil. He's just a evil prick the whole game. But after playing the pre-sequel, he's, you kind of understand him. You you see why he would be a prick. Yeah. Which I think 
they had no right to be able to pull off but they've done it um, they shouldn't be able to make the evil bad guy sympathise uh, a ball if that's a word is it yeah. a word? Okay. the sympathisable is not <clears throat> it gets the point across though yeah um, so they they did really well in that and um Tales from the Borderlands came out like yesterday or something as well and I really want to play that because I like the Borderlands lore and I want to get, get more of it. Get deep in it. But yeah, like the ending to uh, the pre-sequel actually furthers the story which oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting. It like, um, the very end of the pre-sequel sort of seems like it's setting up Borderlands 3. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't really expecting that but then they were like boom for you Borderlands fans for, for playing this extra game which you probably didn't need to here's a little bit more for what you actually want which is for the next Borderlands game so credit to them it, it was just 100% fan service that entire game but I mm. think they pulled it off really well and me as a fan I feel serviced so there you go all you can that's no, you've had you've had a good time you've enjoyed yourself and you don't feel short changed and you can pick that game up for nineteen ninety nine at the moment. Yeah. Um, contrast that with this week, where I've been playing a fan servicey game that fails on all fronts. Oh dear. Left me very unsatisfied, uh, and feeling a little bit shortchanged and insulted. Well, seeing as you Brothers bought for the Wii U, <laughs> and seeing as you bought the console <coughs> as well. Yep. So I bought a Wii U specifically to play the new Smash Bros. Uh, spent the whole of Friday trying desperately to get the version that comes with the GameCube adapter. Unsuccessful. Um, had to settle for the regular version, which, as I said earlier in the show, meant like one of us was using a nunchuck and Wiimote, which is horrific for playing a fighting game. Um, and yeah, just... Uh, so we got that game. It was Friday evening. Put it in, watched all the intro and you know the cutscenes and all that stuff, and setting up the game so it had a save file and it had space on my SD card for all the albums that we were going to make oh. and then I know and then you get into the first game and the three of us were sat there and we played the first game almost in silence and then we <laughs> we finished and we all sort of looked around at each other and we all had the same look on our face of like oh no like oh dear just they I don't know what they did but they f- fucked it up Really what is it? It's so it feels like similar to what they did from going to Melee to Brawl, which was Melee was like one of the best games I've ever played. It's like really tight, really mechanically strong, really satisfying is that one to on play. The GameCube? <clears throat> yeah, that's the GameCube yeah. one. Um, <clears throat> just pixel perfect control. Everything feels right. Every single character feels right, and they all. Uh, have like genuine pros and cons to playing them, you know. There are certain characters like Fox who are sort of overpowered, and just because they're super quick and powerful. But then there's characters like Jigglypuff who has way more air maneuverability than Fox. So if she's like keeping in the air, she can dodge him and hit him without him being able to hit her. So there's like it's a really well balanced game. But then they went from that to the Wii version, which is Brawl, and all the characters are a bit more floaty like it feels like they all have less gravity on them so like uh, a character whose jump would be like half a second long just like sort of a short hop now the yeah. jump would be like 
a second and a bit. So there's like this sort of float through the air every jump instead of just jump and then land, jump and then land. Kind of like a um, matrix. Yeah, almost. Um, so it had this imprecise feeling to it where, whereas before you would just do like little hops and you could get around really quick. Yeah. Um, everything was a bit slower, a bit more floaty. Floaty is the term that gets thrown around a lot for Brawl. Uh, everyone says floaty. Um, but even though they changed that about the physics, they still added a shitload of new characters, shitload of stages, made it so you could make your own stages, made it so you could save screenshots, save replays, they added an online mode, they added a huge story mode, which you could play co-op with your friends. They added so much to it that it really did feel like a huge sequel to Smash Bros. Hmm. Um, It was a big uh, improvement in a lot of ways. The only ways that it wasn't an improvement was the gameplay didn't feel as snappy. It was still satisfying, though. Like, there are characters like Ike, whose sword... He's just a regular-looking guy, but his sword feels like it has the weight of, like, seven suns. So every yeah. time he does a smash attack, it makes a sound like a tombstone falling on the ground. Just like, boom! Every time he lands his sword. And that's really satisfying. Even though the game in general is less satisfying, there's specific things like that sound of his sword. Just bang! Yeah. Every time, really satisfying. And then... Going from that to the Wii U version, it feels like where it was floaty before in the Wii version, they just amped that up to the max. Like, everything feels super floaty. They changed, like, everything about the physics. And to the point where we were playing... Normally we get quite competitive with Smash Bros. We were playing and not even asked about who was winning or losing. Oh, dear. It, it It was barely even on in the background. Like, we were just talking to each other. Yeah, and half-assed whatever Smash Bros is going on, which isn't the way it should be. And I feel like maybe this is the um, the new Nintendo because um, everything I've seen, family friendly. Yeah, everything I've seen of Mario Kart Eight suggests to me this as well. Mm. Of like, let's make everything less sort of hardcore. Well, the thing is, they've, they've got to cater for everyone now because there's so few games being released that all the Nintendo first parties, they don't have the luxury <coughs> to make a hardcore kind of game for you guys because they have to, you know, satisfy everyone. But they don't know. I mean, there are enough... Mario 8 is solid, though. It's rock hard. Right, well, you can say that, but I don't believe well you. Well, <laughs> 150cc is so hard, I can't even do it. That's very uh, revealing of you to say, Don. Yes. Sure, there'll be a lot of listeners right now who think a lot less of you. But okay. <laughs> so it's like, you know, watching um, people play Mario Kart and then they go <clears> off a jump and then they press hop at the top of the jump and they, like Mario will turn to the camera and do a little wink and go, way! And then when he lands, he gets a speed boost and it's like, What's wrong with that? Fuck off with your bullshit, Nintendo. Nothing wrong with that. Mario Kart is supposed to be a game that can settle a fucking argument. It requires skill to hit those jumps. Because you you can can easily... You can easily drift (laughs) off the line and miss those... Oh, boo fucking who? It shouldn't be a feature in the first place. (laughs) If you're going off a fucking jump, you're going off a jump. You get a boost from it. Like, just adding boosts for everything you do in a game is bad. (laughs) Whereas, like, Mario Kart DS, everything is so tight and everything controls so perfectly that you don't need little boosts here and there because oh, the gameplay yeah. is so tight that, like, the way you take a corner 
is going to basically be like a speed boost anyway. I'm going to end this argument right now. Have you played Mario Kart 8? No! Why would I play a shit game? Why would I play a shit game, Don? Game over. It's not a shit (coughs) game! It's it's like... It's easily game of 2014. Right, okay, that's bullshit, and you're not getting away with that (laughs) in a few weeks' time. He's just trying to wind you up, Gareth. I know. Uh, But... It's a similar feeling I get when I'm watching people play that Mario Kart to when I played this Wii U version of Smash Bros. So what are you going to do with your Wii U, Gareth? Well, I have to keep it. You have to? Because I have it now. What about Bayonetta 2? That looks good. I genuinely loved the first Bayonetta. Yeah. It was crazy and fucking super hard, but I liked that about it. Uh, I am interested in playing Bayonetta 2. I'm just worried I'll be... Wait, it'll be too easy for you. And that he no. hates females. I don't hate females. Um, you, do. you hate women and black men. I don't. And... What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. None of this is true. It's all true. <laughs> no, like... You specifically go after the black characters first in games. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody yeah. hell. Um, Are there any black characters in Super Smash Bros. Brawl? Uh, black Knight, is he in it? When little Mac wins, his trainer is stood behind him. Behind him, that's, that's and you awesome. throw your shoes at the screen. Ganondorf <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> grew up in the desert. Does that count? <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, what? I'm asking. He's, he's like Arabian or something. Yeah, he's a Gerudo. There's only one male Gerudo born in like a th- every thousand years, and he's the. Do people not know the history of Zelda? No, uh, not oh, many people he... know about the heathens. Now's the time. I didn't say it's I was not. one of these people, no. But I don't think many people realise the whole connection with Ganon and and uh, well, Ganondorf and the Gerudos. Oh, you got to pay attention when you play Ocarina of Time, Don. I know. When you finally get I around know. to it. A lot of other people don't know. Okay, well, fair enough. But the fact he's the only male is kind of, well, creepy. Especially yeah. as he's so much bigger than the women. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's, yeah, that's why he's the bad guy. He's like, he's not just any old guy. He's yeah, but the I'm one male born every Gerudo thousand sex. years in the Gerudo. He's like, he's a fucking badass for a reason. Yeah. He was born he have, into being amazing. He must have killed his mother when he was born. That's neither here nor... He was born a giant <laughs> pig. So who the fuck knows? Uh, <laughs> <coughs> well, what are we talking about? Smart bros. Yeah. You're being racist. I'm not being yeah. racist. Um, and, and Rob, your mic is going mental again. Thank yeah, you. don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, time. <laughs> the feeling I get playing this new Smash Bros. game is like the feeling. I think it's the feeling Rob got when he played the newest FIFA this year, where like they completely changed in that, like the shooting and all that stuff. Yeah. So that you just couldn't adapt to it at all, and you don't want to. Exactly. It it's similar in this, except that you know how you'll buy a new FIFA game every year, and then everybody on the internet is like, "Oh, you're just paying more money for just an updated team roster." Yeah. Mm. The exact same way I feel about this Smash Bros. game doesn't add anything new at all, apart from little things like the board game mode, which no fucker is ever gonna do because no, it's it fucking look terrible. Um, you know, it adds nothing from previous games. It takes things away. Like, there's no subspace emissary mode, which was the story mode in the Wii version. Like, they took away the ice climbers from the game because the game can't handle um, the way the ice climbers controlled. 
Um, they stopped people being able to transform, which is why Zelda and Sheik are now separate characters. Um, they took out the ability to glide, which is really fun. If you're like a character with wings and you held the jump button while you're in midair, you could glide. And that was really satisfying to do and actually useful in a lot of situations. They just took that out. And they wow. replaced it with more characters, which aren't very interesting. <laughs> so it's like, I feel really short-changed. Like, yeah, there's like 50 characters. You've updated the roster. But you've removed a shitload of features. And you've got Wii Fit Trainer. Wii Fit Trainer is terrible. <laughs> oh my god, Wii Fit Trainer is so bad. Like, her forward and B is she just headbutts a ball at people. <laughs> That's it. It's like or she throws an exercise bike at someone. That would be quite funny. That would be that would be much better. <laughs> but that's done. not the case. Uh, so yeah, it's just man. It's I couldn't really be less satisfied with it to the extent where I was thinking about because in a few weeks' time, obviously it'll be like the end of the year. So we got to start thinking about our games of the year. Yeah, I was thinking in my head of like what my list would be, and I have a rough top ten in my head. Smash Bros is nowhere near being on that top ten. Wow. For the entire year, a new Smash Bros. game is not on my top ten. And you've been so excited about it. I have been. There are mm. other games that came out this year that I was very excited about that are in my top ten that I didn't think as sequels could possibly measure up to my expectations, but which did. I mean, a new Earth Defense Force game came out this year, and it's just as good as Earth Defense Force 2017. It's very sexy. Which, how... How did they manage that? But they fucking did. And that that's an incredible achievement for them. Like, Nintendo have dropped the ball so badly on this. Like, I... So I played it for, like, six hours straight on Friday. Tried out every character, like, at least once. And, like, I was like, okay, I've tried out all the characters now. Can we stop playing this? And my friends agreed, yeah. Um, but and then, yeah. like, a couple of days later, I was like, you know what? I'll play it for an hour or so. I'll play the online, see how the online works. Almost but... it's because you think maybe there's something wrong that I'm just not getting. Maybe. Yeah. But then uh, I, th- and I just thought, you know, I'll give the online a proper try, but the online is shit. The online doesn't work, everyone, just so you know. Um, oh. And it got to the point where it's like, you know, come to the character select screen. And I'm like, okay, which character do I want to be? I don't want to be any of them. There's like 40 characters on that screen. And I'm oh, staring the... at it for like a minute and I'm like... I don't want to play as any of these characters. None of these characters were fun to play. None of them were interesting. None of them had any charm or any personality about them. Damn. It's like Nintendo have stripped away everything that made Smash Bros. Smash Bros. And they're just giving you, here's a game that feels generic instead. Mm. And it's like, no. This is not... It doesn't even feel like Smash Bros. when you're playing it. And I, you know, there's a slim chance that's because... I'm not holding a GameCube controller whilst I play. Okay. Uh, it, you know, the fact that Nintendo fucked up the launch so badly with stock and stuff definitely sours me towards the game. But like, you know, the fact that I come to a character select screen full of 40 characters and I look at every single character and I go, I don't want to play as any of these guys. That is, that's beyond reproach for me. Mm-hmm. Like, in Brawl, a lot of people don't like Brawl that much, but you at least find things you like about characters, sorry. <coughs> You're welcome. Like the uh, the guy I mentioned before, Ike. He's just a regular guy, but he has a sword that hits like a fucking freight train. So he's yeah. really slow, 
and he, he like he's he can't really catch up to people, but then if he hits them with an attack, it's like, <laughs> and it feels incredible when you finally hit somebody, and all you need is like a few attacks and you've killed someone. Mm. Whereas like there's nobody in this game with anything even close to that satisfying. Like there's Pac Man and his <laughs> forward and B. He's like, he throws some dots out in front of him and then turns into Pac-Man and bites through him, you know, wah, 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 wah. That's it. That's yeah. like, that's the most charming move out of this 40 characters that I've seen. Everyone else just feels so soulless and lifeless and dull and I just want nothing to do with this game, but I bought a Wii U for it and when my friends come over, we're going to play a bit more of it, unlock a few characters here and there, but I just have no enthusiasm for that game. I regret buying a Wii U to play oh. this game. And I wouldn't have thought I'd be saying that. Can't you just fool yourself all. like Don with did with Destiny in his PlayStation 4? <laughs> he has talked himself into loving that game somehow. Yeah. Maybe you could give me some tips, Don. <laughs> no, because I like Destiny. No, you don't. Because I like convinced my... himself. Fucking hell. Game of the year already. Oh, fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, it can't be Destiny and Mario Kart. Pick a lane. <laughs> Pun intended. I have been playing, well, the same games I did last week. Far Cry 4, which is absolutely fantastic, Gareth. It really, really is. But it's so much like Far Cry 3, it's ridiculous. Yeah. In, you know you know how it plays. <laughs> it plays the same. It feels like it's the same game. Far Cry 5, you know, we're not going to be able to do it. Uh, um, it's going to be the same sort of Assassin's Creed thing. Unless they <coughs> change it. But they won't. But I'm saying to everyone, if you like Far Cry 3, you're going to like Far Cry 4. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to like Far Cry 5. <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing. And I can already tell that if this is released again next year, it's, it's not going to have the legs to carry on. It just about gets away with it. Yeah. Um if I was playing it on 360, I may even not bother with it. But because it feels new, you know, there's just enough in there to uh, justify its existence. But other than that, you're looking at pretty much exactly the same game. Hmm. Exactly the same interface, exactly the same way that you approach bases, exactly the place, the same way you approach radio towers. It's the same game, just different skin and... You will like it. It's just got enough legs. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Do you know what you just told me? What you actually just told me, but you didn't realise you were telling me. So, Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4, but Far Cry 5 will be one too many, right? Yeah. Arkham City, Arkham Origins, (laughs) Arkham Knight is the next one. Everyone's going to be fucking sick of before they even know it. So my theory is just going to be even more true. You've just uh, proved it. Oh, Arkham Asylum... Okay, brilliant. Yep. Arkham uh, City, great. Fantastic. Origins, yeah. shit. You what? You think this is going to be the Batman that gets everyone back into Batman, it? Batman Arkham Knight reboot. Nah, Arkham. because Arkham Asylum wasn't the open world version. It's like technically you could say Far Cry One. No, set you on can't an put Far Cry the, One in the same bracket. That's what I'm saying. You can't put Arkham Asylum in the same bracket as City and Origins. But gameplay-wise, I know it wasn't open world, but the same sort of control-wise. Yeah, but I mean, Far Cry 1 and 2 were also first-person shooters, so... Far Cry 1 didn't feel sexy. <laughs> Look, stop talking <laughs> about Arkham Knight. 
Alright, you're just bitter because <coughs> Smash Bros didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. I'm bitter as fuck, mate. You are, I bet you are. Like, I would be as well if I'd showed out not just for a new game, but a new console as well. Because yeah. that is just blind faith, isn't it? You're putting your faith in a company. I'm, I'm exactly what Nintendo won. Yeah. I'm so invested in Smash Bros, I'll buy a new console just to play it. Yep. And then they pissed in my face and shit down my throat. And down the back of your neck. Oh, that's the insult to the injury right exactly. there. That is. Um, but like I say, I can't, I can't... There's no point in me talking about Far Cry 4 because if you've played Far Cry 3, you've played Far Cry 4. And it's it's an enjoyable game. It's brilliant. Um, but again, it's only got... It's only going to last this one iteration and Far Cry 5 is going to be pretty much dump. <laughs> well, it's not going to be dump. It's going to be great, but people are going to say it's just the same thing again unless it's set in London, Victoria era. <laughs> uh, GTA 5. Man. Man, Don. In it, Don. <laughs> yep. There's, there's yeah. man in it. It's, it's just, you know, it, 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 when we first played it, and I said, I think I said at the beginning of the year, that um, it's the kind of game that you have to take a step back from to realise what it was at the time. Hmm. And I think now, going back into it, you can really appreciate it. And that extra graphical shine. I mean, my mum's got one of the new Sony Bravia TVs. Mine's not as good as that. But when I bought it over today, it just I was stunned by the graphics all over again in the fact that Rockstar, you know, you can still trust them to just not... Any other studio would have just been a rushed-out sort of cash grab. But, I mean, the first-person mode, everything about it, it just adds that extra layer of immersion. And it's, it's not even the uh, design and the um, graphics such as the lighting engine and things like that that just... When you get up on top of Vinewood Hills and you look over the city and the, the sun's setting and the sun's sort of blinding you, it's just even down to the point where if you're wearing sunglasses in first-person mode, it affects your the way you see the world. So if you've got a blue tint, the way you're looking through the glasses, the world will be slightly blue tinted. Or if it's That's orange, cool. the world will be slightly orange tinted. And it's things like that that Rockstar have just, you know, they think of. And you try and catch them out. Because I, I got annoyed and I was thinking, why is, why is the first-person mode all orangey? But then I realised that Trevor was wearing orange shades. And it's just that level of immersion, that level of detail, that's just absolutely incredible. And sometimes you'll just stop. You'll be driving down a country highway and you'll just pull over because it's raining, turn the radio off and just hear the raindrops hitting the car. Because you, I've got my headphones on and you can just hear it. And it's so immersive and there's little puddles even after the rain that come out. And that, that's... You know, it's just, it's a mind-blowing game. And the fact that you can still do that after this time is brilliant. It's, it's still the net best game on next gen, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> Could you see it being your best game of the year? Not yeah. to show your hand too early, but you know. Well, I, I can see it <laughs> in top of many lists. I mean, that and The Last of Us, which Don's got, um, you know, <laughs> for me, they're the best games... They, well, I don't even have to play The Last of Us to know that, you know, it's probably better than anything that's on Xbox One now. Yeah. So, it's just, it's just fantastic. And, I mean, it, it shows that the games at the end of last generation, where they got every little thing out of what they could, out of the consoles, is, is better than the beginning of what we can get out of the next generation consoles. Mm. So, 
so still got a way to go, but that's all I've been playing really. I haven't played many games. Um, Don's played quite a bit, haven't you, Don? <laughs> oh, oh, you're going to hate me. You haven't just been <laughs> playing Destiny again or being a girl? Well, you know how I was... Yeah, yeah, I have. Oh, for fuck's sake. You, ah. You've had Far Cry 4. I've got Far Cry 4, Alien Isolation, Last of Us, Watch Dogs, Resogun. Uh, I think I've got something else. I can't even remember. All my PS4. And I've played none of those in this past two weeks. Mate. Because I just, I'm just still playing Destiny. <laughs> I don't understand it, Don. You don't have to justify it anymore. I know, but I'm not, I'm not trying to justify it. I like playing it. I look forward no, to don't. getting home and switching it on and meeting up with my friends that are on there and doing stuff together. Completed the raid last week for the first time, which was great. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, I look forward to it now. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm one of those, I've become one of those PC MMO people who just, it's a home do, away from do home. stuff to get, yeah, they, you know, they just, they're, uh, the people that do stuff just to level up some more or to level up some new gear and stuff. I've, I'm one of those, I'm one of them now. You do realize how good <laughs> The Last of Us is, don't you? <laughs> I know, and I have played the first bit of it. I've literally met Ellie in the game and then stopped. You can't do, oh. who does that? <laughs> oh, that hurts. I literally. Tell you. Got to, like, oh, hello, Ellie, my name's whatever. I've even forgotten his name. See? I've even forgotten the main oh. character. Oh, he's disgusting, isn't he? <laughs> oh, uh, you should be the one in prison for tax evasion. Whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm liking it. And <clears> the, okay. it's, everyone's been so nice. I the main thing about it now is meeting people and it's not like Call of Duty as a first-person shooter where, you know, everyone just tries to avoid talking to anyone because it's just people slagging each other off and shouting, swearing at each other. This game, people are actively helping other people. So, like, during the raid, there's people who've done it hundreds of times, but they're taking new... <laughs> they're taking... They're, yeah, and they're, but they're taking new players through it and going and helping them with bits and pieces and explaining bits and pieces they might not get... Oh, they get yeah. stuck on or they might not understand and like, acting like guides through so bits of the game and stuff like that. Well, these people don't have to keep playing it, and and, and I'll you know I pretty much everyone who um, I play with will do the same thing. If they've done certain daily missions or weekly missions, and they've got all the rewards they're going to get for it for that day, um, they can play it again, but they won't get the rewards for it. So there's no motivation to do it again, except to help someone else to complete it because they're you know unless there's three of you doing some of the missions, they're really really rock hard. But once you get so you you get someone who's done it before, help someone else through it, so they get their rewards for it and stuff like that. It's it's kind of a. It brings out the selflessness in a lot of people. And it's, oh, you're talking it's about it's the second coming of Jesus now. <laughs> <laughs> you've gone. You've gone from kidding yourself that it's good to then idolizing it, kind of like what people do to their kidnappers or something. <laughs> I forgot Stockholm what it's called. Syndrome. Yeah, that's it. You're starting to look upon it as sort of a, an entity which will solve well, all of humanity's problems. If, but it's maybe I have, but maybe some of three and a half million other people who play the game. So, you know, they've, they've got to have added new stuff, though, right? I've not been keeping up with it at all. What? Uh, well, the, the first actual proper DLC is on that comes down next Tuesday. Um, comes down. Comes down. What, from yeah, heaven? comes comes down. <laughs> comes down the internet pipes. Um, yeah. on Ooh, that, that's a good way to clog them. 
Oh dear. They've uh, they've also. I mean, they have ch- made a few changes to the way things work. Though. Like uh, a few days ago, they overhauled the way exotic weapons and armor. No get way! Oh yep. wow! So it, actually, it, it's an improvement to the game. You can now buy some uh, buy uh, materials rather oh, than having wow. to just farm for them. So you don't have to just grindingly farm for stuff. You can. So actually there's just no point to even them. playing the game now. There is because you've still got to have those materials, um, those um, those marks in the first place to buy it. Um, but it just reduces the amount of farming that you'd need to do. Um, they've split the exotic and legendary um, upgrade paths, which makes more sense. Um, so it makes it a bit easier to upgrade exotic weapons and armor, um, and bits and pieces like that. And and it's it's just, I mean, I don't know. Look, I'm in it. I'm doing it. I'm liking it. The game's not perfect by any means, especially when it comes to the story. We all know that. But the 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 the, the replayability of going back to bits again and again and again, if you know, and helping other people and just being social with it, um, really, really, really works. And it's what's keeping people... It's what's not just keeping me, it's keeping everyone. That's what people are... Fantastic. And I know you love hearing about it every single week. We do. Yes. I find it genuinely quite interesting. As a phenomenon, it's gone from being vilified quite a lot by pretty much everyone um, to a lot of players now... I mean, they they, even though they recognise the faults with it and they're not happy with the story at all, nobody is. But the rest of it... There isn't Everyone a story. Is, is still actively involved in and encouraging by. And, and yeah, like I say, I, I get home and I look forward to switching it on. Yeah. You've got the one that, the people that wander across the wastelands that have fooled themselves into playing it and now they feel trapped. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's uh, I guess. The best yeah. part is, I, 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 uh, I could have played some other games yesterday because I, uh, obviously we didn't do the podcast yesterday. So, um, but I chose to uh, go and see my girlfriend instead. Oh, what did you do, Don? Uh, we, <laughs> uh, well, we put up her Christmas tree. I say put up, she put it up. She wouldn't uh, let me help. Yeah. You put up her Christmas tree. You must. <laughs> no, some things she wants to do herself, and that's fine. Independent right. women, Don. Exactly, she's very independent. Don't get in the way. Um, stuff like that. But no, so, you know, it's good. I enjoyed it. Oh, there you go. Um, well, that, that's it for another week, Gareth. Uh, Don, thank you for all of us coming together and putting together this great show. I think um, we, uh, seeing as we're at the end of the show, we should probably say a big congratulations to Rosalie and Martin Struthers. Thank you. From the group who got married this week. So They did. Well, did well Daryl do any jokes about it? Did he go, <laughs> what's a wedding? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but if he did, it would have been really funny, for sure. It would. Well, I'm going to go off now, and I'm going to uh, look at that joke a little bit more. Um, if you could send me an email form done, so I can keep a hard copy. So if I tell anyone in future and they say, Rob, that is frankly so funny, I don't believe that anyone actually said that. I've got uh, evidence documented. Cool. Fantastic. Okay, so from us, it's goodbye. And we will see you next week as we draw closer to Christmas. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.